coming to you from the lab, where we talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Riding Shotgun is my co-host, Big Keith. I'm your host, Mike, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's everybody doing? And welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I speak to Peter Wakeham from Carolina Customs, discuss gun talk at the Thanksgiving table, and shoot the shit about what we are thankful for this year. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts and share the show with friends. If you like the content we're creating, we appreciate it if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review as well as a comment. As always, by my side, the big man, Keith, is in the house. Keith, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing well, Mike. How are you doing? Is is it? Can I say, did you eat the bird? We'll say that again? Did you eat the bird? Did you eat the bird? Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I oh, I used to work for a guy that would always say that around Thanksgiving time. He'd always say, "Oh, really?" Hey, he would just go around and say, Did you "Eat the bird," and it's <laughs> so weird. It is a weird one, but uh, some, of the, some of the people listening will be laughing. Well, we're that. a couple of days away from Thanksgiving, right? So it's 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 Tuesday. Uh, the this episode. So you Tuesday. haven't ate the bird yet. I have not ate the bird, but I will eat some bird. I love that tryptophan feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So uh, I I think it's kind of cool that we're uh, we're dropping our first Thanksgiving special. I think that's kind of neat, and uh, you know I think uh, tonight tonight's episode will be kind of geared around that. But um, I do want to ask you because you did mention uh, a couple episodes back that you're starting to switch gears into the fall winter mode. So what is your drink of choice tonight? Uh, my drink of choice for the winter is uh, Sailor Jerry's uh, rum, and uh, I like. Um, Either cherry coke, Dr Pepper, Diet Coke, you know any any of the dark sodas. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done rum and cokes in a long time, but I feel like a rum and cherry coke would be like actually a pretty good combination. It, and it's pretty good with Dr Pepper, surprisingly. Really? All right. Maybe I'll come over one night and, and I'll try that. Okay, we can do that. I'll drink. I'll drink your booze. Is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> There's no problem with that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you and I talk a lot about uh, not only you know being good advocates for the Second Amendment, but we talk a little bit about trying to make gun ownership more mainstream and cool, right? Like that's kind of like a topic. We feel like that that's kind of important and it would bring more people into the fold. Sure. So I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, excited about our guest tonight because I think it's going to kind of uh, latch onto that concept a little bit. So without further ado, our guest tonight is the creative force behind a company that brings customized gun cases to the market, producing products that not only protect your favorite firearm, but keep you keep you looking cool at the same time. Please welcome Peter Wakeham from Carolina Custom Phone. Pete, how you doing tonight? Good, guys. How you doing? We're, We're doing good, great. man. Good. Good. Talking about, talking about eating the bird, Pete. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Not yet. I'm gonna, gonna uh, now I'm going to see how many times I can say it this episode, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like, like a Thanksgiving game. Right. You guys had deep fried turkey? Have you guys uh, done that? Make, I make it every year for my family. It's the it. best. I actually it's do two now. They, they, I, I make one for an appetizer. Everyone eats it while the second one's being cooked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's like serious fat kid status. <laughs> like, that's like... like Cook me a bird while I wait for my other bird. <laughs> right, right. Just gnawing that skin the whole time. Oh, man. Um, so I'm actually, you know what? I don't know, normally do this, but I'm going to ask. So, um, Pete, are you? Uh, do you have a drink with you tonight? Is it uh, something uh, adult? My, my drink of choice from the Appalachian Mountains here is moonshine. Uh, I've got yeah. a lemon moonshine and cranberry. A little short drink. Nothing that's going to take too nice. long to drink. But, yeah, that's my drink of choice is, is Mike. The, the flavored. Mike and I have um, uh, experience with moonshine, not in a in a in a in a crazy illegal production way, <laughs> but um, yeah, right. It, the bathtub it, moonshine. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not bad though. It's there's some there you can make it pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the apple pie moonshine. That's like my favorite. Yeah, we're right. We were not too far from Gatlinburg here, and we go at least three times a year. Uh, stock up on some old Smokies or some Sugarlands and. And have a, a good supply of uh, all sorts of flavored moonshine. So there's always new stuff coming out. Um, and so we get excited. Definitely. Huh. Interesting. So I, I want to get rolling here and um, learn a little bit about you and, and your company. So um, I'm either going to hit on a, on a real interesting topic right here or I'm going to insult you and you're going to hang up. We'll find out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so I, I don't want to stereotype, but I guess I'm going to. Uh, 
typically the words artist and gun owner don't seem to go together very well or not. They just don't go together. Um, it's not something you typically think of. And of course we see all walks of life coming across gun ownership, but you, you're an artist and there's no other way to put it. Like you definitely have an art, art skill. And are you a graphic designer? Is that what you're? Yeah. So I've got a, I've got actually a degrees and um, I have three, three uh, bachelor's degrees, um, uh, computer animation, multimedia, and in digital design, which is graphic design. Um, okay. And that's, that's where I came from before getting into gun cases is graphic design. So how did you get interested in firearms? Like, what, is that a, from childhood is? So, yeah, I mean, growing up, um, I grew up in, in, in South Florida and just, just above Naples. And, um, you know, we'd go out and into the glades shooting all the time. Um, so I've always had a background and understood long guns, shotguns, uh, some pistols, but it wasn't really a passion because it was just a way, you know, it's always been, there wasn't something to have a passion about. It's just everyone had guns. Um, then I moved up to North Carolina and started a business in foam. Um, still not in the gun case business, still not in the, in the gun foam business, uh, but doing couch cushions and just listening to the customer base and seeing what it is that they needed. Uh, I just followed that and it brought me roundabout back into gun case foam. And from there it got into, Hey, can you cut out this gun out of this foam? And then from there it got into, well, I can make this pretty. How am I going to do it? And so that led us to the artwork that I'm able to do now in these cases. So let's let's kind of backtrack a little bit. So you're you start making you said couch cushions. Yeah. So um, I um, I moved uh, up to North Carolina when the uh, bubble burst down in Florida. They were the, the nicest crisis. damn couch cushions you ever been on. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is that. Uh, I found that a lot of older elderly ladies wanted to change the foam in their couch because their couch was 80 years old and the fabric was still fine because they needed to throw plastic on they, it. They and no one would to, sit on right. it. <laughs> they finally right. decided to take the plastic off. So new right, right. Yep. Yep. And so, and so, you're, you're, you're the couch pimp of Carolina. Is that what you're telling <laughs> it's me? What it is. It's what it is. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. And, um, and so they had a hard I, they the same thing came up man they they could not get the couch foam out of the the um they couldn't get the the foam into the empty um couch cushion like they take out the old foam cuz it disintegrate but now they have this huge foam and they couldn't get it into the uh the empty cushion and so what i started doing was sh- uh, shop vacuuming just sucking all the air out of these cushions individually and sent them these these older ladies, you know, charge two or three dollars more. But I stick them in a trash bag, suck all the air out, and put a rip uh, a rip stop in it. So they would stick the the, the shrink wrapped foam inside the cushion, pull the shrink wrap or the, the rip tab, and the whole cushion would expand inside. Oh, that's pretty that smart. Cushion yeah. crevice, yeah. yeah. And all they'd cool. have to do is just kind of tuck it in in different spaces. Yeah. And that kind of took off as far as you know. That's what got my company going is that I was just being able to help out the, you know, a, a certain amount. That, that's, that's my first step into niche, the, into yeah. the niche market. Yeah. So now it, it, what's funny about that is um, I can say this from a personal standpoint like as, as a podcaster, as, as producing this show. You've never re like, couch cushions, I know. I've never done that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but like everybody, I think, wants to do something where whatever they're producing, creating, you know, whatever their job is, is something that kind of links up with like a passion of theirs or something that they enjoy doing, right? Like if you can do something you enjoy, it's, you know, it's not work, right? So when you started to transition into gun foam and then eventually these custom cases, uh, are you at a point now where like you kind of have like, do you feel like your job has a lot of purpose in terms of like you doing something you also are passionate about and enjoy doing? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I wake up every morning and I get to make dope stuff. I mean, that, how could you, uh, that I am very thankful for that. Um, and it, it, it has been, it's not easy being the owner and the artist and the marketing and all of that stuff. Um, but you know, to answer your question, yes, it's, it's 
if I could speak to a 12-year-old me, I would say forget all that noise in between and just do what you want to do. Um, yeah. But I guess we all have to grow up a certain way and, and learn through our experiences. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. So now tell us, because you mentioned the foam and we now we know where this all started, but you advertise on your website that uh, you have what's called Appalachian Tough Foam and it's made to your specs in the US. So tell us a little, a little bit about that. Why is it better than you know other foams or you know, just tell yeah, us a little let, bit about the process of making your own foam. Let me give you the pitch. So uh, Appalachian Tough Gun Case Foam is the only foam that's made specifically for storage of firearms. Now, when that's with that being said, you can store your gu- your gun in any type of foam you want. It might not be the right one, but you can do it. Um, what I did was I listened to the the customer base and I got on forums and listened to the issues that people had with open cell foam. And because I was able to purchase open cell foam here in North Carolina, because we are a furniture manufacturing state, um, I was able to go to those manufacturers and say, listen, hey, I got this problem. Here's the problem. We have problems with moisture uh, being absorbed into the foam while it's in storage. We have problems with the foam being too soft. Um, And I gave him this list of stuff that I wanted to be able to turn around and solve those problems that people were having. Um, And so that's what we did. And we made some non-compete. They can't share that formula with anybody else. Um, as long as I continue to purchase and I have to buy it by the tractor trailer load. So when I order, they pour it specifically to me, to my spec, and then I can turn around and sell it. So if you go onto my website, I sell this foam in thickness, um, in their own certain thicknesses and, but I can cut it any length and width that you want. Uh, and and, and with that, I'm able to pretty much catch any type of gun case that's out there, any Plano, Pelican, you know, Nanook, Condition 1, any SKB, any case out there, you can you can carve the smallest amount of foam um, to fit in there perfectly. Um, and so that's, you know, that's where that's 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 the direction that I took for this this foam. Um, biggest issue that I found was cutting out the gun in the foam. And so I had to figure out a way that once we started cutting this thing with a laser, uh, we had some fire issues. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, after a burned table um, and starting over from scratch, I uh, went back to the to the manufacturer and said, listen, this thing's catching on fire. And they said, well, it shouldn't. It has all these other chemicals in it. Um, and, but let's remove the petroleum and go strictly with soy, with a soybean oil. Um, and, you know, it's a newer on the market. Let's check it out. And lo and behold, stuff doesn't catch on fire. Oh, interesting. So that now I'm able to cut it with a laser. So, Pete, I I saw that you had a uh, a blog post recently on your website, and you talked a little bit about the differences between you know acceptable foam for protecting your firearm and the ones that you should stay away from. And you talked about this being you know made for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Can you geek out a little bit for our listeners and and uh, let us know a little bit of, uh, about these differences in foams and what we should be watching out for when we're purchasing? Sure, sure. Like so it's very important to say that that all foams have their individual uses. So, um, you know, you could put a gun on a couch cushion foam. It's not going to work as great. Uh, it's going to turn yellow and it's going to start falling apart faster. But it's something that you can do. Um, we feel that ours is the best, number one, because we, we've made it the best. Um, but even with that, there are certain limitations. Like if we stick a huge, you know, 50 caliber sniper rifle in the thing, um, it's probably going to be too heavy and it could rip the foam. So that's where you get into your closed cell foam. But for the majority of cases out there, um, I feel that a lightweight foam is most important. Um, and ours is the lightest on the market. I feel like an incredibly firm foam is the second thing that's the most important. 
because you don't want to put your gun in there and then you know you drop your case and it bounces all over it hits the side screws up your 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 optics or whatnot um and then third you don't want to absorb moisture out of the atmosphere like you know if you lose, live down in louisiana and you store your guns um you know you don't want just this moisture sitting on your gun so those are the three things that that we did with this foam um but again there are closed cell foam out in the market and some people do prefer that um and that's okay that's okay um i i personally don't like a foam that uh when you put my put, put your gun in there it rubs the surcoat uh on the gun and it rubs the finish on the gun um and you know that's why i stay away and i haven't worked hard on getting an even better closed cell phone um so you know we have we're kind of jaded um we worked really really hard on this phone so um we've tried to catch every issue that we possibly can is that geeking out enough or am i not geeking out enough no i i think that's pretty pretty good i mean you know <laughs> pe- people have to know that if they're gonna you know store their their firearm in and it sounds like uh dare i say the stock foam in in a case you know you you could be putting yourself in a position that's that's not the best right right which 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 comes down to that stock foam is there they're not selling you gun case foam they're selling you a gun case but right. a gun case would be worthless without the foam so where their profit lies is in the manufacturing of that case, not in the manufacturing of that foam. And so they can mass make this foam or they get this foam from China, import it, or get it made in the United States, but they're going to use whatever they can get by at the lowest cost. And, you know, that's fine. The, the, the pick and pluck foam, it, it, it works temporarily, but I don't think I've ever in the history of me doing this had anyone call me up and say, yo, this pick and pluck foam is the best. You know, and it's it's always, hey, my my phone's falling apart, and it's been falling apart since the first time we started picking things out. Um, and so that's where we come in is we don't do pick and pluck; we do the the straight piece of foam where you have to cut it with a razor. What's the difference between your you have in stock cases and then you have commission cases, which are really really cool? Um, can you kind of tell us the difference between those? Yeah, so commission cases are going to be where you commission me to make you a one of custom case from the ground up. The cases are the same. Uh, we have it broken down into single handgun cases, double handgun cases, rifle, long rifle. And so that is where you come to me with an idea and say, hey, yo, I really, really like Deadpool. I want a Deadpool case. And so we'll discuss what gun you have. Um, and then we'll get on a video chat where you'll see me, we'll brainstorm some ideas and then I flip it over to my screen and I will design that gun case in front of you right there on the spot. And a lot of times it takes an hour to two hours to do. Um, but you know, we chit chat the whole time. We come up with ideas. If they work, we keep them. If they don't work, we just delete them. Um, and you'll know exactly what you're getting. And once you have this picture, of what it's going to look like, then it's up to me to behind the scenes to figure out how to take that and put it into foam. Um, whether it's, you know, engraving, if it's painting, if it's, you know, if we need to put LEDs in it, um, it's really up to me to technically take that picture that we made together and turn it into an actual piece of art. Um, You're putting that, LEDs in these cases? Oh, LEDs was like like two months ago, man. Now we're doing it to where you open up the case and I've got a sound card in it. And oh, the, that's oh, awesome. Yeah, that's and the so cool. light, yeah, and the light, the light triggers the sound card and it'll play can a I sound. Have, can I have ACDC back to black? You could. You could. Yeah. As long <laughs> oh, as it's cool. as long as it's two minutes. That that card okay. will play for up to two minutes. And we hide it behind a, a quarter inch piece of foam you don't even know it's there you open up the case and uh i just did one for uh um, dead air silencers they've got this kind of cannonball run thing that's going on all across <laughs> texas and at the very end they have this case with like forty thousand dollars worth of merchandise in it and i did the full case for it but when you oh, wow. open the case it has the theme from the good the bad and the ugly Oh, cool. Because the thing is called the good, the bad, and the dead, uh, and the quiet. Um, 
And so, the, you know, there's that. The last one I did was for um, a customer who wanted uh, Brad Pitch's speech and then Glorious Bastards about wanting his scalps. Mm. And so you opened it up and had that speech. So we're doing that too. That's cool. So it sounds like, I mean, well, it is a real like bespoke sort of like completely custom commission. I mean, like that's really cool. Yeah. A hundred, it's a, it's a hundred percent custom and I will not repeat it. So if someone oh, says, Hey, I like that case that you've done there. Can I buy one? Well, sorry. The answer is no. That's uh, cool. Uh, and so that person has that one. I mean, we can take small elements and, you know, I mean, you can only do Deadpool so many ways and right. I'm not going to not use a Deadpool logo, but you know, you'll never have one that is remotely the same to the other one. And that's, that's the commission, the commission cases. So now what, give me, I, I obviously there's a big range here, but like, give me an idea of like a price for that. I sure. was wondering the same thing. I do flat rate. So, uh, if you buy a, a, a single handgun case from me, my commission rates, as far as 2020 is concerned is $350. Um, and that will be for your own case designed, uh, a typical case can take me up to 10 to 15 hours to do. So, you know, that 350 is, is a pretty darn good price to have, you know, imagine having a plumber come out and, and yeah. do plumbing for 10 hours. It's going to be yeah. well over. Um, but yeah, so the stuff that, that I'm doing, the, the, the really cool designs, um, you know, they're, they, they take some time and, uh, it's a lot of brain power to figure out how to take a picture and turn it into foam. Um, will you make like custom foam or things like that for like concealment furniture? I've been really looking at that a lot and to, you know, conceal like a shotgun in my, somewhere in my house, you know, stage it. And, uh, I would want to put like some sort of custom foam or something in there. Can, can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So we do that. Um, we, I, I do that a lot for Mirage Tactical. Um, they're one of my largest concealment flag, a concealment furniture companies that purchase, you know, um, you know, foam from us. Um, and what I need is just the length and width of the cavity that we're going to put the foam into and that type of gun. Um, and your typical, your typical job, if we're not doing design or anything, we're just going to cut a gun out of the foam. It'd be about 150. So how do you know the sizes of all these guns? You have them like scanned or what? Um, so if I do not have it in my templates, which I've got four years of, of doing guns and every single gun I've done, it automatically gets stored into its own file. Sure. Um, but I, the gun companies, um, thankfully the gun companies, put the overall length of a lot of these firearms right okay. on their website. Okay. And I'm able to jump in there and um, find those overall lengths and make files from that. There are, but how do you get, how do you get the, like, you know, uh, like for instance, if I have a, um, a Mossberg shotgun, but I have the, the, uh, the, the Magpul furniture on it. Like how do you have the cutout to make it so that that Magpul stock like kind of fits in there nice like that? If it's incredibly customized and there are things that I haven't seen before, then you take an overhead picture of that gun laying on its side, how it's going to sit in that foam. And then I digitally trace it. Yeah, that would work, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Do you need so like, do you need them to put something for size reference next to it? Like I know a, a tool company that I had watched YouTube. We were talking about that uh, off the air, Pete. Um, they they have you put your tools in in the toolbox and then put like a quarter next to it so they can size you know everything. Do you have to do something like that? So for me, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. You stick oh, wow. it, you put a ruler in the picture with me, and I'll send it back. And the only reason being is that uh, with most tools, they're you know a quarter of an inch to a half an inch thick. But with firearms, like a rifle, you're two inches thick. And if you lay a rifle down, uh, a ruler down next to a rifle, your it, it, the, the picture that you take is incredibly skewed. And so oh. you're seeing the top half, which is about an inch and a half higher than where that ruler is sitting. And it, it completely blows out what you're doing. Any real um, dimensions finding. Yeah, okay. Correct. Correct. And so what I require is an overhead picture and then written 
Um, I, I'll do two things. I'll even send back the picture with lines on it and say, give me this dimension here and this one here. Um, or I ask for an overall length and then two reference or three reference measurements. And all they have to do is just measure it and get within an eighth of an inch and write it down. And so for me, um, two things. If I, it, it's never happened before, but if any, if the thing is, you know, doesn't fit right and I have the, 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 the email that says it needs to be 14 inches and, and 14 and, and three quarters of an inch. And they measure that cavity as 14 and three quarters of an inch. Well, I did what I was told. Um, and then I will usually work with them to figure out a solution on how to fix it. But, you know, I need those references that are, that are not open to interpretation mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we're dealing with measurements here and things have to fit custom. Yes. Um, you know, and accidents happen and, you know, I'm a human being too. I've had people that's measured and, and flipped the numbers or, you know, the numbers were, um, were off. They read the ruler wrong and I just went back and cut it. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but yeah. So Pete, so when you, when you price out, um, you know, either, either option, um, does that include the case as well with that price? Yes. Yeah. So it's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. So I have shied away from doing just inserts for other people's cases. Number one, I'm too expensive. Uh, I'm an artist getting paid an artist wage and a technician will do the same job, but for a lot less. So I've kind of priced myself out from doing the, the inserts. It's not that I won't do it, but in order for me to turn my laser on, it's at least $150. If I move a mouse, it's $150. And that's, um, that's what I can ask for being booked for two months constantly. Um, and, and so I like working with people, but, uh, it just doing inserts, there are so many other companies out there that'll do it, do it faster than I can get to it, do it cheaper and do it just as well. Cause it doesn't, it's not very difficult to just cut a gun out of foam. Um, and so we kind of shy away from the insert part of it, but yes, I will do it. So I want to talk a little bit about the cases because I don't actually own any, any hard cases other than, uh, like what my pistols came in. And actually I'm notoriously bad for having any cases. I I like show up to the trap range, just like, (laughs) <laughs> like as ghetto as can be, like just like walking out of my car, <laughs> like you just throw it in the back of the truck. That's true, actually. Now that you mention it, every it time is. we go together, you just throw your, your gun <laughs> in the just, back. <laughs> so it's so ghetto. It's like ridiculous. And anyway. I never really noticed. And I'm like, I do have a plastic case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know what it is? Like, it's so weird. Like those things aren't expensive at all. But I'm just like, if I'm going to go spend 50 bucks on like a case, I'm like, ah, I just trying to go spend 50 bucks on like some cool gadget for my gun. Like I just, it just isn't something that I care about enough to spend money on. But anyway, I, I should, right? But my, so I do like the hard cases, but like they're so expensive. And like, I know like Harbor Freight makes like a really good priced one. But the problem with that is, and Keith and I talk about it on the show all the time, I really don't want to buy one made in China. Like I just, I, I just don't want to. But there's, you know, there's Pelican, there's Plano, there's Nanook. Like Pelicans are ridiculously expensive. But I can't even figure out, Pete, like the pricing of their stuff. There's so many different models, and so I just want to kind of know, like, your opinion. You work with these. Like, what do you recommend? What's like the most cost effective, but also well made? Give us a little bit of your feedback on that. So. yeah, Pelican has the name. Pelican does make a great case. It's tried and true. It's you know, it's the case for the army, um, but you're paying for all that. Um, and it's there's nothing wrong with Pelicans. It's just that you are definitely paying for the name. Um, I think that they have um, they're the they're the case that everybody wants to be uh, the standard in, in in all cases. But I also have found that they're very difficult to work with. So on the business standpoint of me trying to rep or be able to carry their cases, they could care less, um, which which caused me to start looking at other cases. Um, and I went through a lot of different manufacturers um, and found Condition One is who we who we distribute and who we make these cases for is a Condition One case. Um, 
I think I'm getting away from your question. Uh, no, it's a, no, no. You actually you're 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 going right where I want you to go with this. Okay. So so let's go condition one because I've never heard of them. Okay. Um. So I have two questions and I I'll throw them both out and then you answer. Um. First, how does condition one stand compared to a pelican in terms of? I mean, pelicans are notorious for like being able to take massive amounts of abuse. And then where do they fall in the price range compared to a pelican? So uh, condition ones are just as much of abuse. And I believe they've done some uh, waterproofing and underwater tests with them that have beat the underwater tests that pelican has done. Um, but overall, they will take just as much, if not the same abuse. Uh, condition one has refined their handles um, where they have a rubber grip around them and they're a lot more comfortable They've refined the wheels, so the wheels are three times the size of a pelican wheel. Um, they have tread on them, and they are a really rugged wheel. Um, and then, of course, the locks—they have a—they have a quick uh, removal lock, so you're not busting knuckles trying to get these locks open. Um, whereas pelican has a just a standard lock that is—you know—you gotta you gotta put some oomph into it, and um, so it's more of more luxury type of things on the condition one price range. I believe they're somewhere of at least a quarter less. Yeah. I'm looking on their website right now, like a 55 inch, like rolling, like a long case is like 240 bucks, which I feel is like pretty good. Yeah. And that the, the, the rolling, the 55 inch is the largest that they have. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I prefer them over Pelican. It, huh. it, it's hard to explain that to someone because Pelican has the name, uh, and they're a good case. But um, you know, when it comes to actually putting one next to the other, you can visibly see the luxury model is Condition One versus the Pelican model is your um, your, your off road version, I guess you'd call it. Uh, but they're more okay. expensive. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No. That's that's kind of like I said. I'm. You know. You're always looking for something that's. Uh, you know. That's a good uh, bang for the buck. So it's kind of kind of nice to hear from someone that deals with it all the time. Yeah. 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 Um, and and so um, if you are looking at uh, you know getting yourself a nice hard case, you can go through me. You go to the range. You're going to be coming back with your guns and a couple more women. So be careful <laughs> because it's going to pull that attention that you might not want. <laughs> oh man that's great uh my wife my wife doesn't want to hear that though <laughs> i i gotta beat him off with the stick as it is if i have one of your cases forget about it we'll put a picture of your we'll put a picture of your wife's face in the in the lid so there you'll know there what's you up go. right there you oh, go so uh i know from uh stalking your instagram and stuff i know that you did a custom case for the big show from wwe i know he was one of your customers yeah yes um so how did that come to be? Did you get to meet him? Yes. You did. How did yeah. that how did that how did that happen for you? It was absolutely magical. <laughs> uh I am 6'3, 350 pounds. I'm a big dude. I'm a big, big dude. And everybody You're about the size of Big Keith. <laughs> maybe I don't know how big Keith is, but I'm a big dude. So um I went so, – so so it's a long convoluted story. What it comes down to is I pr helped produce a movie that Big Show was an actor in. And it, huh. it's, what was the movie? The movie's called Marcus, and it's about uh, uh, suicide awareness. Okay. And it's in um, film festivals right now. We got nailed by uh, COVID. So I went so, – so to simplify the story – I went down to the grant to, to the opening, uh, the world, um, the premiere of the movie Marcus and it, 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 he's in the movie. So I went there and introduced myself to him as one of the producers on this, on this movie. And he, uh, and I presented him with this case that I had worked on with his wife because his wife got a hold of me and, and through the uh. director, we all got together and, uh, I made this case for him. So he had no idea that it was coming. And so I opened the case and I gave it to him and I told him that, you know, I'm really happy that he decided to come aboard with the film. Um, and, um, 
you know, we started talking about guns and he was trained by Taryn uh, from Taryn Tactical and, yep. and um, you know, is he around. a big gun guy? Like, is he a gun guy? Like a so real, he's not a huge gun guy, but he does know what he likes and his huge hands fit around a real nice Kimber. And so uh, we talked about all that. And then finally I told him, you know, I, I thanked him and he came over and he wrapped his arms around me. He said, man, I love you. Thank you so much. And I had never, ever felt like I was in the womb until that point. <laughs> it was the most loving, encompassing hug I've ever gotten in my life. I'll never forget it. It was, um, a, it was, it was a totally masculine amazing. wombing. It was, it was amazing. And Did it, you feel like a small child? I, I, you know, I, I can't. It's an unexplainable thing. It's like walking in sing, into the Sistine Chapel. No one will understand. <laughs> well, when you're it. when you're when you're big like us, Pete, you don't get very often where you get someone who's like that, like able to right? give you a hug like you were a kid, right? And I, now I know all why all my small friends like hugging me. I mean, because it's amazing. How, how how much like I mean, like you're a big guy. Is it, how, how much bigger is he than you? Like a lot. I mean, it must be a lot bigger, right? Uh, so. I had to, I did, I did. I, I had to look up a little bit, but it's not only just looking up, it's looking wide. So yeah. it's, it's, he's a, he's a, he's a big man. He's a big and man. And he's lost weight. He was Correct. bigger. Correct. When he, when he did his comeback, yes, he lost a lot of weight and got back into shape. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So do you have any other high, high profile guests or anyone else that, you know, you uh, had name drops to work with? Uh, do, can yeah. I, can I, I do like to stay Please humble. Do. Okay. So no, I want, I want name dropping. Don't be humble. Okay. We want unhumble Pete. So I was in, invited uh, two years ago to do cases for um, the, the three doors down. They have a foundation. Um, and I did a case for their autograph guitar for a raffle. Um, and I had to, you know, I had the, the guitar with me for a couple of months while I figured this thing out. And I've made this amazing guitar case. It's on the, on our Instagram. Um, I went, you know, went to this thing and did the guitar case and did an actual rifle case as well. Um, and went to this MVP party, was inv- invited to the MVP party. They were all blown away. The whole band was blown away by this guitar case and this gun case. They've never seen something like it before. And they got to autograph all of it and stuff and raffle it off. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're at the MVP party. I just walked up to Justin, which is um, the, the guitarist and one of the guitarists. And, and I said, hey, look, my, my name's Pete. I did the case. And like his eyes lit up and he was blown away. And then, and then, you know, Chet came over, the guy with the mohawk came over and we started talking and then, uh, next thing I know, we're sitting around the table drinking with three doors down. That's and cool. It was yeah. unbelievable and surreal. And I met his family, uh, Justin's family, and turns out he lives close. And, and so that was a real, really neat, neat experience to have. Um, so I've done that and that they'll invite me back. I mean, COVID killed us on that. Um, and then I've done works for um, a lot of people in the industry. Um, Kevin, uh, KD, Kevin Dixie and no other choice. Um, I've done, um, other, other artists like I've, uh, Post Malone has one of my cases. Um, I didn't work directly with him. That was worked through another. Now, was that for guitars or for guns? It was for, for, for a gun. Um, okay. and, uh, let's see, I did, uh, through big daddy unlimited. Uh, I did the uh, John wick, um, Karen tactical crate or the the vault wow. and wow. then i did the last the the last centennial which is that gun case with the couch in it and yes. yep i did all the foam in that they came to me for that um so let me let me just stop you really quick so i mean first off it's really cool uh you know <laughs> that's amazing and it must be amazing for you but you know i i think that what that shows is something that keith you and i talk about all the time with this is like how often do we hear how in terms of the political spectrum, you know, Hollywood is very left and, but like, I think there's a lot of people out there that like guns who just, they can't really talk about it very much. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think that's pretty true just based on the sheer number of, I mean, look at the sheer number of gun sales that, that have been happening recently, you know, yeah, but definitely it, it's, I don't know. It's, it, if you really want to know, go to Taryn Tactical's Instagram page and look at the amount of celebrities yeah. that are yeah. just, I mean, Halle Berry, uh, just, I mean, the names just are dropped there and, and they're definitely not people who hate guns. 
But uh, I feel like they're the same people who, when we talk about gun control, they're the ones making like these commercials about like, oh, yeah. you know, no, not one more, like, you know, these kind of things. And like, it's just like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure in that world, which is unfortunate. You know, they, they, they live in America. They shouldn't have to feel pressure by their industry to, you know, not enjoy something that's, that can be amazing. No, like, obviously, the, great, the guns, great thing about the Second Amendment is the thought that you could buy a gun <laughs> like just yeah. the sheer thought oh oh i i could buy a gun you don't have to buy a gun if you don't want to right but the sheer idea that you can is the great thing about the second amendment yeah and mm-hmm. and that that brings me to i guess what's really my last question for you and not even a question but more of a statement you know i think i i really do believe that part of the problem as gun owners or the gun industry or the gun culture we got to make guns cool you know, like, like, I think what you're doing, Pete, is awesome because, you know, you're making it like it's not so out of the norm. It's no different than having a guitar case. It's just it's cool. And you combining art with guns is just something there's something to that that I really think is uh, is is amazing. So I, well, one man. more quick question for Pete before you move on. What, yeah, what yeah. was what was some of the coolest guns that you had to figure a, a custom mold for? That's a good question. Um. Uh, you know, I like the vector. The vector has been a really neat one to, for me to work on. Um, th- I think it's less of what the gun is and more of what the Cerakote and the actual design is. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that's your passion. That's where you had the most fun, right? Right. Like there's the, the, the truth. Kevin Dixie's the truth. And that's a VP nine. Um, and it's just a beautiful gun and, and the Cerakote and the, 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 the the enforce uh, light that's on it and everything. It just is great. And so I'm able to take that gun. And if you ever get the chance, you'll see his, his cases, they're all, in, they're all broken down to civil rights issues that have to deal with the second amendment. So, so Kevin Dixie's uh, truth is a gun that fights gun control. And Anytime you purchase one of these firearms, it comes in one of six cases. Oh, I heard about this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. One of six cases that I designed with him, the story of a situation where gun control was prevalent and people died, like the Underground Railroad and Black Wall Street um, and uh, the St. Louis Massacre. And, um, you know, we would want to work one on Wounded Knee and, um uh, Rosewood. And I mean, just the, the stories of how whole communities were absolutely wiped out because African-Americans could not legally own firearms um, were, uh, it's, it's staggering. And it's staggering that it's not taught in school. Um, but yeah, if you, if you get the chance, check out all those cases. I've got uh you know, that's another claim to fame that I'm really happy that I was about. That's, yeah, I, that's I've heard cool. I've heard of Kevin. Did now now I didn't know his name, but now that you say it, I, I know the concept, and it it is a very cool concept. So, yep. Yep. well, I I you know I I uh, I really dig what you're doing. It's it's definitely very cool. But um, where can people find you online? So Instagram Carolina Custom Foam 2015. Uh, my website is CarolinaCustomFoam.com. We just put up a YouTube channel. Uh, which can be found under surprisingly Carolina custom foam. Um, those are the three best ways. I do have a Twitter or I do have a Twitter. I'm not active. I do have a Facebook, but stay away from the toxicity. So uh, those three are the best way to get hold of me. Okay, cool. And, uh, and I'll have all those links in the, uh, in the show notes at the bottom of our show notes. So if anybody looking for them, you can look them up or you can just go to the show notes and click on the link. Before we go into our next segment, you have a discount code for our listeners. Is that correct? Yeah, I sure do. So we set it up. It's going to be uh, $20 off any in-stock case or any commissioned case. And it's going to be TGE20. Very cool. All right. So I will... Uh, I will have that in the show notes and anybody out there. Um, you also sell foam too, right? Just like you sell the foam itself. Correct. So if you have a Plano case or a Pelican case that you need the foam for, if you botched it or it's fallen apart or you just changed your gun and want to cut out something else, you can buy any type uh, or one of our pre-cut pieces for uh, the Pelican you know, case. If you have a 1720, just go to our website, click Pelican, click 1720 and pick the thickness that you need. Very cool. But if you want to go to that next level, guys, go for one of those those other two options. Put in TGE20, get that $20 off, and get yourself something that's going to bring all the ladies. 
Correct. <laughs> Bring them to the yard. Right. Yeah, that's right. So, Pete, we uh, have a game that we play on the show called Run and Gun, and we wanted you to play with us if you don't mind. I'm on it, man. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. I want short answers. First thing that comes to your mind. Let's go. All right. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? P90. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Uh, 50 Cali Barrett. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Oh, sorry. I'm not rapid firing here. Right now, it, pass. Pass. Phone a friend. Number four, favorite caliber? Uh, nine. Nine millimeter. Favorite hobby, not gun related? Oh, man. Pat. I'm business, man. I, I, I don't know what that means. Um, I guess that's your hobby. That That is. That, uh, that, that, that is. Hey, man, if you're doing your hobby for work, that's a good thing. Right, right. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that answer. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flight. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Trained, 100%. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved, 100%. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? You guys. <laughs> if you, I'm not letting you off the hook. If you could have a drink with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Right now, man, my heart was broke. It was Sean Connery passed away. Um, All right, good call. That's 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 directly that's on my mind right now. Um, but I Listen, would have, nobody. I, I want to have a drink with James Bond, and just better be a martini. Yeah, I'm telling that's you, right. yeah. I think Elon Elon Musk would be my go-to. Okay. So I have to say, nobody in the history of running gun has taken it that serious. You were like, "Pass, I have to keep moving." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, so I really respect how serious you took it. That, that means a lot to me. One hundred percent, all the way, every time. <laughs> Let's mix it up. All right. So today on Let's Mix It Up, we are going to discuss strategies for discussing politics and gun control around the Thanksgiving dinner table. So, Keith, I'm going to I'm going to start off with this. Okay. Um I'm going to give my first tip and then I'm going to move ahead. My first tip for everybody is if you can avoid these conversations, you really should avoid these conversations. But with that being said, Keith, I'm pretty sure after knowing you as long as I've known you now that if you're sitting around the table and someone brings up a topic and is really pushing the hot button. I don't see you as a person that's just like, you know what? I'm just going to take a deep breath, eat my turkey, and move on. I can't see you not engaging. Am I correct with that? Uh, ex- you know, depending on the family that's around, yeah, you're correct with that. Um, obviously, I try to, you know, there are certain certain family members in your life where you just have to remain respectful, uh, I feel like, or at least I was brought up that way. Um, so those people, I might put some turkey in my mouth and move on. Nothing and gravy, but... <laughs> but yes, there are some others in my family that I, I would certainly not be able to. You'll go after. Okay. So, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, so, so I'm going to start with you. I'm going to let you go first. So what is some advice, some thoughts, just kind of unload on us here. Well, let, taking the family piece out of it for a second and just trying to think about how I would approach these conversations or how I have had to approach them. Um, uh, I think even recently, it was probably over the summer, but Mike, we, we had a kind of a conversation it was around a holiday and uh, there was a, a, a person that uh, was, uh, you know, very passionate about uh, firearms. And there was another person who was not, who was passionate about not having firearms. And uh, somebody kind of threw a grenade at me, kind of like poked the bee's nest and ran away and <laughs> wanted to see what happened. And I just, uh, you know, I had, overheard the conversation so i had decided that if i got thrown into the mix i was preparing for it if i had gotten thrown in the mix i was just going to you know say that i owned firearms and that i enjoy shooting them and kind of move on because the person that was very passionate about firearms was a know-it-all so long story short that's what i was kind of trying to get at is that if the person that is kind of prompting pushing the button if they're coming across as a know-it-all and uh i i usually tend to just kind of 
move on from it. It's not worth the argument. Yeah, I have a, I have a good friend who we just we don't agree on anything. And my wife always says, you know, he just likes to like push your buttons. And I'm like, yeah. but I like my buttons pushed. Like I like to <laughs> I listen. I'm I'm a hundred percent Sicilian. Like we love to yell loud, which is the way we talk. You know, we like. We I, I sometimes takes the devil's advocate position just to do it. <laughs> yeah, like I, you know, I just I like it, but I, to your point, I, you know, you have to kind of know your audience. You know, like there's some people it's just not worth it. Some people get very sensitive. Like my wife hates it; she just doesn't like people getting upset. But you have to kind of know who you're who you're uh, you're dealing with. You know, um, anything else, Keith? No, no, that's that would be my my first bit of advice is obviously, you know, if you were brought up like I was, and I think most people probably were, you, you, you have certain people that you're supposed to have a higher level of respect for. So you might you might have to, you know, move on. But uh if they're a sibling or a cousin or you know, something like that, or that crazy <laughs> uncle or aunt, then go after it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it. Peter Pete, what about you? So there's a lot of things that I could really speak on this. You guys aren't ready for this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, my biggest thing is that people, uh, I feel that people make decisions and feel a certain way because of the experiences that they have in life. And if, you know, if it's a hot topic like guns, um, you can't change somebody's mind who has that experience that they have. Uh, so if you want to discuss something with someone, you just frame it with, you know, I feel, I think, in my opinion, or uh, you just state your position without pushing it onto them. Um, and you can't argue with someone who is just stating their own opinion or their own fact, their own way of looking at things. Um, I think you, if you can do that with empathy and if you can do that to be able to put, get your point across but not – but not try to teach them. I think that's where people start to open up and actually listen to you. Um, I think also listening to understand versus listening to talk are two completely different things. And when you're in a conversation with someone who's listening to talk, it's very, very easy to find out because you look them dead in the face and say, I disagree and leave it at that. And if they don't ask you why, they're just there to talk. Um, and you can't have a conversation with those type of people. Right. So you can exit stage left. Um, but I, I think, um, I think where we've, we've lost in this country is our ability to, to, to communicate and to talk and to see the other person's side, even though it's not our position. Um, and I, I really think that with family members who, if they're family and they have your back, through thick and through thin, you kind of owe it to try to take a step in their shoes and say, Hey, listen, they might've gone through a different experience than me and feel a different way. Um, and you can still disagree with them, even though you try to put yourself in their shoes and they'll have more respect for you if you try to listen. And it's not as volatile as if you try to teach or shove your facts down their throat. You kind of took every one of my bullet points I have written on my notepad here. <laughs> um, so I'm going to kind of summarize, I guess, because I feel like I'm just going to repeat what you said. But so, you know, my first one is obviously try try not to engage, you know, spe especially Thanksgiving. I mean, this really goes for any time you're debating topics or in social engagement. But I mean, unless you're going to take them outside and go shoot a few rounds or something. I mean, maybe try well, we'll that get out. to that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of on my kind of on my list here. But like. You know, if, try not to fight over the Thanksgiving dinner table. It's that it's not what it's about. It's about family. And it's about love, and it, and it should be about that. But try not try to avoid it. But if you can't avoid it, so no open, know, no open carry. Exactly, not not at the Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner table. Shoot the turkey. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I think you you said this, and I had it on my list. Like, don't try to change their mind. That's the big one. Like, you're not going to change their mind there slowly as things change in their life and maybe they like keith just said maybe take them out shooting maybe you'll you will change their mind but you're not going to do it in that moment so don't try to change their mind um more importantly but instead of trying to change their mind try to get them to understand your point of view right try to get them to understand that we can have differences of opinion but i just want you to understand where i'm coming from and one thing i like to do is i like to acknowledge fair points so my buddy that i like to debate i'll say to him you know what? That's a fair point. I don't really agree with it, but like you bring up an interesting, an interesting point of view, and and I and I can respect that because it really disarms people. Like, wait a minute, did he just agree with me? You know, like I don't have to agree with your entire sentiment, but if you bring up a good point and I acknowledge it, I think that that sort of disarms people a little bit. And then there's you know there's I statements which Pete you kind of hit on, but like one of my favorite ones is 
I understand guns are scary to you. I understand that, that you don't believe in people needing them. But for me, I believe in the right to, to protect my family. Like, would you deny me the right to, to protect my wife and my children? Like that to me is important. I feel that that's worth the other risks involved of having a firearm. It's very hard to debate that. You know, it's like, that's how I feel. And, and Pete, you said it before, but I statements are very powerful. And then my, the final tip I have for people is just don't, don't try to win. And Keith, I know this is, this would be a hard one for you. That's a hard one for me. It's a hard, it's a hard one for me too. But like bottom line is, you know, try not to win. Like it's not about winning or losing. It's about, you know, having good discourse and, and really having debate is that's what debate's all about. You know, it's about having that, that conversation. So I think, uh, you know, as long as you can be civil and understand other people's point of view, I think, uh, if it comes up, engage. Yeah, man, have your health, have your healthy boundaries too. Like, like you, you, you want to be able to have a conversation with, let's say your aunt and walk away and say, man, my aunt loves me. And if you're in a conversation with your aunt and you're feeling like she is really, I don't want to be in this conversation anymore. That's not healthy. You're outside of your boundary. Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. So today on Shooting the Shit, uh, we are going to reflect on this past year and the things that we are thankful for that have happened to us. So uh, I guess we'll go in the same order. So Keith, I'll let you go first. Uh, I am uh, thankful this year. Keith, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. Can we do, let's do, uh, we'll do two things here. Things you're happy or thankful for with like your, your life. And then let's do something you're thankful for in like the shooting community, in the shooting world. Okay. Sure. Sure. Uh, I am uh, thankful this year more than uh, ever of uh, the freedoms that we have as Americans and, and how fragile it really is. And I think we take that for granted a little bit. So that is my one thing in general in life that I am most thankful for this year. Um, Something I'm thankful for in the firearms world is uh, this podcast, Mike. It's been a lot of fun. Six months, I think you said, and uh, quite a few episodes under our belt. And, uh, you know, I was I was certainly a little skeptical at first of agreeing. And uh, I've been I've been having a good time. So I'm thankful for that. That's awesome. All right, Pete, you're up. All right. My turn. All right. So uh, on my personal life, man, I've got an A. I'm, I am super thankful for our my A plus team at work. I've got. Uh, the best crew that I've ever had and everybody's doing everything that they can for the company. Um, and I am just super thankful for that, that crack team that I have right now. Um, I am in the two a community. I, I'm thankful that it's grown in such leaps and bounds. And I think that the, the, with this new influx of new gun owners, you don't necessarily have to be in the community to own a gun, but the community I feel will be there if you need us. And um, anybody with a with a new firearm that um, has questions, um, they they it's very very easy to get a hold of anybody that will be supportive. Um, and I'm thankful for those supportive people in this community welcoming other people that have been scared to talk to this community because guns are scary. And now when their backs against the wall and their civil unrest, they're going right straight to the things that they were scared for. So I'm glad they put down that fear as well. You know, I guess I'll, I'll wrap this segment up, but, um, in my life, uh, I'm thankful for being healthy. You know, I've really gotten into working out again and, uh, you know, I have a big group of, uh, sort of almost like secondary family with like the jujitsu community that I, that I hang out with. And, um, I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for, for my, my family. You know, my, I have two parents who were older, but they're healthy and an amazing wife lets me do all my crazy, silly hobbies that I have so many of and an amazing kids. And I, I have a great job and able to support my family. So I'm a very lucky man, uh, in, in the shooting community, um, Keith as well. I I'm very thankful for this show. I'm, I, you know, it sort of, I've wanted to do it and we made it happen. And along with that, you know, I'm really thankful for you, Keith. And I, and I genuinely mean that because this show, I couldn't, if it was by myself, it would not be the same. And, you know, getting people to do something like this, it is crazy. And a lot of people just say no or quit. 
and uh you know you've been along for the ride so i, I really do i'm thankful for that you know and um having a voice in the industry you know being able to actually talk and discuss gun culture is is amazing and um and meeting interesting people you know like keith you and i have met so many people through this experience yeah and uh you know it, it's it's great you know i mean there's people i've never even met and i feel like you know i talk to them feel like you know them you know it's really great people i mean we, we're building up a list of travel arrangements we have to uh <laughs> yeah we want to want to do a road road show right road trip and uh you know and then the listeners you know i mean like our numbers and we keep getting more and more people listening it's amazing people from different countries all over our country and you know, I, I think as far as that, the show goes, I, I could not be more thankful for the listeners, the people that keep tuning in. If you're out there now listening, you know, thank, genuinely, thank you. Thank you for, for letting us have this show because without anyone listening, it wouldn't be worth doing. So yeah. I'm have very, hap- very happy Thanksgiving and don't forget to eat the bird. Exactly. So while I'm on my thank, my thanks, uh, I'm going to give one final thanks. And that is to you, Pete. I want to thank you for being on the show and telling us more about the company. I, I think what you're doing is phenomenal. I think it's so cool. And uh, go check them out. Uh, all their links are in the show notes. So uh, thank you so much, Pete. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Yeah, of course. And to everyone listening again, we want to wish you a, a happy Thanksgiving. We want to thank you again for taking your time out of your your day, your week, and listening to our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so we can keep the conversation going. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.